Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to the Presence Podcast, episode number 271. Coming to you on Friday evening. It's been a long week, a full week, but I'm actually feeling pretty good tonight. I'm feeling pretty awake, and I'm enjoying being in my favorite place, my screened-in back patio porch, serenity or shalom place, as I like to call it. A little cool tonight, cool enough that I have long sleeves and sweatpants on. And I know that the time is fleeting. We don't going to have maybe only a month or even less of days that I can sit out here at night and do this. So I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to be present and happy to be here with you tonight. And thank you, by the way, for being here tonight. It was kind of a wild day. But I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open to experience the presence of God. And I did. I did. So this week has been interesting, to say the least, both inside of my school and outside in the nation. Inside in my school, the Catholic school in Columbus where I teach, it has been homecoming week. Homecoming game was tonight, and the homecoming dance is tomorrow night, which I have the privilege of chaperoning. But this week, while it has been kind of fun, dress down days and different celebratory things, it also has just been hard teaching. The kids have kind of been all over the place, especially freshmen. I mean, this is their first homecoming, and I just think there's just a lot of drama and excitement and anxiety and just everything. So it's been hard to teach. And today I had a decision about what to do. And this week, I I think I made a good decision in showing a, a video, a documentary that I've shown each year that I've taught this class. And it's about happiness and it's a good documentary and the kids are interested and there's specific questions they have to answer. So they keep, they stay focused and I think it's good. But today I did something a little bit different and a little crazy, but I think fun for the kids. Today's feast day was St. Wenceslas. Now, St. Wenceslas, if you're thinking, wait a second, I think there's a Christmas carol, Christmas song with his name. And uh, yes, there is. And um, it is his feast day today. And a little bit about good King Wenceslas for you, is that he is, or was, I should say, a bohemian in the area where the Czech Republic is today. King, actually, he wasn't called a king until after his death. He was actually a duke, but he was given sort of the honorific title king until after his death. And and he was um, a convert to Christianity. He lived during the middle of the Dark Ages and was actually a martyr, died age 28 because of some, you know, political intrigue and his faith and, and so forth. And he's known though for a miracle. And it wasn't until I started kind of getting to know the story of, of St. Wenceslas. And I looked at the song and all five verses of the song. I realized that that song, good King Wenceslas looked out on the feast of Stephen and so forth. 
I will spare you the rest of my singing. It wasn't until I looked at the song, I realized that the song is a dialogue in some of the parts. A dialogue between King Wenceslas and his page, servant, assistant, who is known as Podev, Podev. And it's an assistance where the story goes, they were out trying to deliver um, goods and, and, and food to the poor on a cold winter's night, the Feast of Stephen, which is the day after Christmas when we celebrate the martyr Stephen. And um, it's so cold that um, Podev is afraid he is going to freeze to death. The miracle is that wherever St. Wenceslas walked, the snow was melted and there was heat generated and they were saved and all was good. And um, I had the kids sing it today, all five verses. And to make things even more exciting and more fun, I pulled out my tambourine. Now you may ask, why do I have a tambourine underneath inside of my podium? It's because it's fun and When we sing happy birthday or when we sing good King Wenceslas, we can, I can pull out the tambourine and tap along, provide some percussion. So we sang the song today and it's a great song, all five verses. And the last verse has, it ends, the song ends with, when you bless the poor, you receive blessings. I'm paraphrasing. I don't have the lyrics in front of me, but that's basically what it says. And... I think that is obviously such a great sentiment. And it was kind of fun to do that today. The kids were a little bit, um, I don't know, they were in a strange mood. Some of the kids sang, others kind of didn't. Some some of my classes really got into it. But it was fun. And I got to kind of be playful and kind of dance a little and shake my tambourine. And, you know, it it was fun. And I think inspiring to feel that sense of community that I try to foster in my classroom during our prayer time and really during all the times. But then I shifted the mood and I really felt like I needed to do this today. And we do special intentions and we prayed for the poor and we prayed for the people affected by Hurricane Florence. And But I also said, and I was careful in how I said this because I didn't want this to sound political. I suppose it's hard to not sound political when we talk about things like this today. But I talked about, I said, you know, after yesterday's hearings in the Senate, there were, there are a lot of people who are victims of sexual assault, sexual violence, who are upset because hearing the courageous Dr. Ford testify yesterday in such detail and humility and clarity that these own sexual abuse survivors are are remembering this, their own times of of being violated and victimized. And I I know that it's difficult to to hear that and to, to relive that. And I think especially it's difficult for those survivors to have it seem like the voice, the concerns are not being taken seriously enough to look further into them, to investigate, to see what really is going on as much as we could know. And um, I didn't say that, of course, in my prayer, but I just said, 
And I looked around the room and I said, you know, there's probably people in this room, I'm sure there are, who know someone who has experienced sexual violence. And maybe some of you have as well. And I said, you know, it's, it's what we're learning is that it is absolutely essential to tell one story and to find help and support in recovering and healing from the harm and the hurt and the injury. And I left it at there at that. And I think that was enough. And I feel like that was in context today. And also just a reminder to our students that this is real and that we have to speak up and we men, mostly we are the perpetrators of this, that we have to speak out against other men and create a culture that it is unacceptable to treat any human being in a way that violates their own sense of well-being and safety and their own sense of agency, the ability to say yes or no to any type of contact, any type of interaction. So I left it at that. Now, this was on my mind because this morning I felt strong enough and enough questions from yesterday's hearing that really I feel that we, we must have an, S, an FBI investigation, that what has happened has not been enough. So I did something I don't usually do. I got on the phone and called senators who weren't my own. I called Senator Collins of Maine and Senator Murkowski of Alaska. I called Senator Flake of Arizona and Senator Manchin of West Virginia and my own senator, Senator Portman of Ohio. I didn't speak to any humans at any of those numbers, but I did leave messages and I tried to be as honest and heartfelt as I could and just asking them to look further that we need to do this. And lo and behold, today I, I think an amazing thing happened. And, you know, I, I, I told my son as I was telling him about the elevator and Senator Flake, that scene, that I really think it was a God moment. I think it had to have been because the chance of these two women encountering the senator and the TV cameras showing up and live television hearing those two women passionately, heartfelt, demanding to be heard and so very respectful and, and not threatening, not violent. It, if, you, if you watch that video, at, at no point does it seem like anyone that the senator, his aides, perceives that he is in bodily harm or fear of bodily harm, which is wonderful in this age of violence and such great fear. But he listened, and interestingly enough, he couldn't make eye contact. And at one point, one of the women said, look at me, just look at me. And, and, and what a powerful, powerful statement. I read afterwards they, an interview with one of the women, and, and she was in her early 20s, and she had not told anyone about her sexual assault before that. She even said that her mom didn't know. And after she was on live television saying this to the world and to Senator Flake a few feet from him, that she had to explain to her mom what happened, and, and that was very difficult for both of them. And lo and behold, Senator Flake, like his late esteemed colleague who showed great integrity at different times in his life, John McCain, Senator Flake stood up and said, 
I will pass Judge Kavanaugh out of committee, but I demand that we have this investigation. And once he did that, other pieces started to fall into place, and hopefully you've, you know the story, and we're going to get that investigation. And who knows what will happen next, what it will turn up, what will decisions will be made, what will be found out. Regardless, it was inspiring to see those courageous women, to see a senator show some courage in standing up for what is right. Other senators, Murkowski and Collins, also announcing that they will stand with him in this. And even the president authorizing this FBI investigation. True to his word, he said yesterday that if the Senate was going to do this, he will do it. If the Senate wanted it, he would do it. And here we are. So what a day. What a week. Good King Wenceslas and songs and tambourines and Senator Flake and the elevator on live TV and impassioned pleas and prayers for survivors of sexual abuse and I'm ready to end the week. I'm ready for bed. But as I said before, I'm grateful. Glad to be here. Glad that you're listening. And glad that, you know, the week ends. And the weekend comes. So, in the last few days, where have you experienced God's presence? It has been, I know, at least for us as a nation, quite a few days But I'm sure in your own life, there's been other things that have kind of dovetailed and paralleled and wrapped around these days that our nation will, I think, remember for a long time, regardless of how they end, how things turn out. How did you experience the presence of God in the midst of all of this? And do you feel more hopeful, maybe even just in a little way? As always, thanks for being here. Blessings and peace.